Warning, this episode contains explicit content, no bad words, but definitely covers heavy topics that are not suitable for children. You can look in the episode description for details. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Eliza Writes Things podcast featuring poetry that punches and soothes, activating empathy and justice. This is episode three, and I am particularly excited for this episode because... As of the time of this podcast launching, I will have already read aloud this poem for the My Sentiments Exactly podcast with Kaylee on of By Grace Not Perfection LLC and Consulting. It was such a joy to get to read this poem for her podcast and we had such a great conversation about it and I'm so thankful to be able to read this poem again and offer even more commentary Not so much on the whole topic that this poem addresses, but especially on the specifics of the literary devices and artistic choices I use in my creative writing. So without further ado, here is Cain and Abilene. Cain and Abilene. As long as you are still watching porn, I am not free. You look at me with green scales over your eyes, filtering the beauty you see in this world through lenses of use, objectification, a collection of photoshopped body parts being worth only what they can perform on a night of tapping to the next video of XXX a million little times. You live in a pixelated fantasy land where no woman can tell you no, I am not there. But you still see me differently because lust changes everything. She is not your tool. She is not yours to use. She is not yours to make an object out of. She is not yours to fulfill all your unfulfilled desires. My sisters on your phone screen are not yours to bend backwards, twisting into a million spineless sex positions for your pleasure only, divorcing into plastic, divorcing our hearts from our bodies. Manipulation reigns king just so that you can feel something, anything, a trap that tells you it'll bring you to life. It'll make you feel better. It will make you a god. I promise you it won't. I know why you did it. You were bored, you were lonely, you felt numb on the inside, you couldn't sleep, you screwed up at work, your sister, girlfriend, fiance, wife of 20 years, daughter made you feel like a coward, and you don't really feel like a man to begin with, you feel so small, so you turn to the thing that makes you feel big, so you turn to the women who can't deny you, so you turn to the women who aren't given the option to consent, so you can feel more powerful, almighty, a god in a twin-sized bed. Lost in the corner of suburbia and the last time you regarded a woman as truly beautiful. Cain killed Abel out of jealousy by slicing his head open. Cain killed Abilene out of lust by shoving her into a series of binary codes and telling her that she is only allowed to be sexualized. God spent that night sobbing over the slow murder of the souls of his beloved daughters, mourning man's thwarting of their beauty by beholding it with sin. His moonlight weeps in your window while you ignore Abilene for your phone screen. The devil's favorite cocktail is the laziness of men. Remember, your blinds don't hide everything. You say, it's just a tap tap, tap on your phone screen. So you tap it to keep us trapped in the slavery of human trafficking and objectification and belief that we as women are only worth what we can perform in a bed shared by thousands. I got tired of sharing. So I will sit here and tap, tap, tap on the digital chains you have shackled thousands of girls into by adding to the demand for porn. I'll tap until their weights are broken. Tap to set them free. Tap, tap, tap on the glass ceiling above my coffin. Tap by speaking out. Tap to set all women free from your iron-fisted hammer of lust from the green scales over your eyes keeping you from seeing us as we are more than a collection of body parts 
Tap until we are seen as whole human beings again. Until you are free from being frozen in green, tap until you are free too. Cain killed Abilene out of lust by shoving her into a series of binary codes and telling her that she is only allowed to be sexualized. You take after your father, Cain. I have to say, I am really proud of myself for making a podcast about this poem and for back in the fall posting this poem in the first place because at the time I posted it on my Instagram account at Eliza Writes Things, I was about a year and a half, a little bit more removed from a relationship I had with a guy who had an addiction to pornography that was very severe. And the effects of it, the effect of being in that relationship wrecked my self-esteem and caused me a lot of trauma that I had to go to a great deal of counseling for. And it took me so long to be able to tell anyone beyond my very closest little circle of friends and family. It was a story that I had, I have for so long been so scared to share because for a while I was really afraid that people would receive it very negatively and wouldn't understand either because they completely supported the porn industry themselves and saw it as a sexually liberating thing or because they couldn't make out how cheating with someone with pornography is just as much cheating as if a physical human being is right there in your bed. I firmly believe that they are the same, whether it's a physical person or not. People regard emotional cheating as cheating as well. It should be no different with pornography. But anyway, fast forward to a year and a half plus after that relationship, it was enough time and enough of the Lord's grace to heal me, to put me in a place where I can really speak out for this because this is something that I believe in so, so much and is not talked about nearly enough, which is so heartbreaking. A lot of guy friends in my life that I have shared my story with have said things to me like not all of them but many of them have said things to me like oh my gosh I never realized that this thing that I'm struggling with goes beyond just me or just me and God if they are Christians they always saw it as something that is completely singular and it is not it affects our porn use affects our brains it affects our relationships and it drastically and very tragically affects the culture we are in. You can go to fightthenewdrug.org if you want more information on all of that. But I needed to offer that spiel right from the start. So all that's to say, I'm just really, really thankful that I'm in a place where I can so much more comfortably speak out about this topic that I so strongly believe in and just not care so much about what people think if they don't exactly understand or still disagree it hurts me that not everyone I have ever spoken to about this gets it, but everyone has different opinions. That's just something we have to live with. So as promised, you can go to the My Sentiments Exactly podcast with Kaylee on um, that at the time of this podcast's uploading will have been uploaded two days before on Monday. Um, You can go there if you want a fuller background of my own personal story with this poem. But today I wanted to focus more on the artistic choices and the literary devices that I implemented here. So for me, 
really big things in a lot of my poetry, but especially in this one, are alliteration and repetition. I mean, alliteration technically is a form of repetition, but it's more specific. Alliteration is not rhyming, but it is a repeated use of the same syllable sounds. And actually, in the second stanza, the first stanza is just the line, as long as you are still watching porn, I am not free. The second stanza stanza includes rhyming alliteration, I say objectification, a collection of photoshopped body parts, objectification, collection, obviously rhyme. And I keep hitting hard with these really hard syllables right there. Um, and then repeat, and that stanza with repeating X, 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 obviously referring to the explicit content that is marked on pornography videos. And then I use just plain repetition of phrases and lines so much in this poem, because to me, that was a really good way to, with words, mimic the way people watch porn. I know from what people have told me and the research that I have done that the problem with especially nowadays where porn is in videos and it's not just Playboy magazine is that you get so tired of a video so fast and so you just jump right to the next one at the top of your phone screen and that's not true for 100% of people but from the research I have done that is at large true and so just like swiping through TikTok um or swiping left and right at the speed of light on Tinder on porn apps and websites. It's just tap, 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 tap so quickly. And what's so dangerous about that is that it teaches you to be so dissatisfied. Porn teaches you anyway to be so dissatisfied with the person that you are dating or married to or will hopefully one day one day date and marry in real life. But this constant, constant, speed of lightning flipping between different videos teaches you to be instantly discarding of a video that doesn't perfectly fulfill all of your unfulfilled desires and so I included repetition in this poem to poetically mimic that also just plain and simply a lot of these lines just deserved repeating I think it makes the message hit even harder when you hear it over and over and over. Like when I say, a trap that tells you it'll bring you life, it'll make you feel better, it'll make you feel like a king, I promise you it won't. That's just the lies of another mimicking of the lies of porn going a thousand miles per hour at your brain saying it will give you this and this and this and it will satisfy all of these things and fulfill all of these unfulfilled desires. But it never actually does. I will have this poem posted on Instagram on the day of this podcast release so that you can read the actual poem if you would like to do that as well. Um, And I've had this poem workshopped twice so far in two creative writing poetry classes that I've taken at my college. And time and time again, the the feedback that I've gotten from people is that the words trickle down the page like a waterfall which is something that I definitely really want to do in all of my poetry, but I think is especially important with this because it's such a hard subject. It's really important that I can grab a reader or a listener and keep them in and keep them pulling themselves down the page so eager to see the next line and to see the next tactic that I will throw at the porn industry in absolute demise of it. You might have noticed that in the second half of the poem, I make a shift with the repetition of using tap 
over and over almost obsessively. Most of the time it appears in successions of three, sometimes just once, but every single time it appears, it is its own line in the physical poem, which you can read on the Instagram if you want to. The reason for that is to A, very pointedly refer to porn users tapping to the next video on their app or screen. Um, But I also wanted it to evoke a total sense of chaos and panic and having your head just spinning everywhere because you're so caught up in the lust that is on your phone. And so all throughout the poem, I kind of ebb and flow between speaking really fast and then speaking more slowly, but speaking very quickly and saying tap over and over again, I thought were very effective ways to evoke this sense of intense chaos. It also serves to refer to, I'll just read the line for you, tap, tap, tap on the glass ceiling above my coffin, tap by speaking out. By that, I intended to evoke the image of me and all other women who are being hurt by men in and not in our lives who abuse and use pornography and thus look at us differently and look at us more lustfully. Their abusive porn traps us in this coffin so that we cannot be regarded as truly beautiful but only regarded as a collection of body parts for use not regarded as human but regarded as a tool for pleasure which makes me so sick to my stomach and really breaks my heart um but the hope in this poem is that the more we speak out about this enormous issue the more we with our hammers can tap on the glass ceiling of that coffin until it finally shatters into a million pieces and we can get out and we can dance with one another in complete freedom and complete love and complete beauty regarding one another as fully human and fully worthy of goodness and never ever ever to be used that is why this poem is so important to me i don't want anyone in this world to feel like their only purpose is to be used and objectified and if i can use my art of creative writing to help perpetrate that message then I am so satisfied and finally I need to discuss the biblical reference that I make with Cain and Abel calling them Cain and Abelene so in the Bible Cain and Abel are the sons of Adam and Eve and for one reason or another that I don't entirely remember Cain kills Abel out of jealousy and he is cursed forever um And I wanted to use that as a parallel for the way in which men kill the hearts and the souls of women. Not only the women on the porn screens who the large majority of the time did not consent to be there or were completely coerced and manipulated into the industry. um, And also the women not on the porn screens who are also regarded completely as objects because the lust that porn drives into our brains completely rewires the way that we see human beings to see them as objects instead of people. And so I changed the name Abel to Abelene because that is a feminine name. And of course, gay porn, lesbian porn, porn addressing all kinds of different sexualities exists, but statistically, most of the porn that is consumed and there is so much that is consumed is of the type in which men are 
aggressively hurting and objectifying women and that was also the experience that I come from in what my former boyfriend was watching as far as I knew and so that is my story to share. Of course I want to end this podcast on a hopeful note and so if you are someone who struggles with an addiction or a habit of watching pornography, I want you to know that you are not alone and you are not too weak to overcome it. I think the reason why so many people don't overcome it is because they don't think that they can or because they don't want to try because they don't know just how bad it is for themselves, for those that they love, and for the whole world. You can overcome it. I have seen it done and it is incredible. I am so thankful for the people in my life whose story is that of being in a place where they were so deep in the pit of it and then finally after so much work they were able to come out clean and obviously every human being except those are who are asexual still has an appetite for sexuality but their willingness to never want to watch porn ever again is so strong that they don't and they are years clean of it and that is such a song to sing so much hope of. You can go to fightthenewdrug.org, Exodus Cry, or Covenant Eyes for more information. If you are someone who is in a relationship with someone who has an addiction to pornography, that is really difficult. I could not handle it. It ruined my self-esteem. It ruined my ability to trust the guy I was dating at the time, and I had to leave but I will say there is so much nuance around it. I would date someone who fell into it every once in a while, but 99% of the time was so committed and successful in defeating it. Because no human being is perfect, but you need to date someone who has such a drive to overcome it because if they have that kind of strength, then they will have the kind of strength to protect and help your heart and overcome all sorts of vices that may come in the future. But if you are dating someone who is very seriously addicted, I cannot tell you what to do, but I can tell you that I had to leave because it ripped my heart open too, too much. It got to a point where I realized he was not going to quit, at least anytime soon, and I gave up hope. And that was after staying in that relationship for a pretty long time. And it took months for me to get myself back and to rebuild and pick up all the pieces on my heart that had scattered on the floor, but it happened. So much healing came, and I owe a lot of that healing to my therapist, my mom, of course, to Christ himself, obviously, but also to the guy friends in my life that I was able to talk to who said, yeah, I hate porn. I hate that he did that to you and hurt you in that way. I either am on a successful road towards quitting or have already quit. That gave me so much hope to believe, okay, one day I will be able to date someone who does not have this problem, and then I did. I want you to know to never, ever believe someone when they tell you that every single guy watches porn. A lot do, but not every single one. And if you do not settle for what you know you do not deserve, then it will not come in your life as long as you let it. This was a really, really difficult episode um, and a really heartbreaking one, but I am so thankful that you have listened all this way and have taken this really, really tough and gritty message in your heart 
it's really hard for me to share, um, even still after over two years, but it's one that I know needs to be shared. And so I so willingly set aside all my own fears just so that I can put it out in the world because I want a world in which human beings are regarded as human beings worthy of love, worthy of respect, worthy of being seen as beautiful and strong, worthy of being delighted in, worthy of never, ever, ever having to share a bed with thousands of other people. So this is at Eliza Writes Things Poetry Podcast. I'm so thankful that you tuned in and I will see you next week.